1: Hello and welcome to Eureka, the science podcast.
0: What do you think? I think that's clear enough. Well, actually, I mean, you could clarify it a bit more. So um, because there was a science program called Eureka that ran in the 1990s on Radio 4. Was there? Yeah, so I mean, people might be confused about that. So maybe, hello and welcome to Eureka, the science podcast, not the science radio series that ran through the late 1990s on Radio 4, which actually was then sort of basically copied by Jim Al-Khalili and came into being as the life saint, scientific.
1: Yeah, that's too long. What about, Oh, okay. Uh, hello and welcome to Eureka, the science podcast, not the boring Radio 4 one. Yeah, no, that's quite good. Because that actually covers off quite a few boring Radio 4 science podcasts. <laughs> I mean, as well. if you
0: say Radio 4, do you need to put boring in there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you think it's a tautology? <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. So we did get a message in from Tim who said, who said this. It was a nice message. Hi, I'm a long time listener, first time caller, and blah, 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 all that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but he says that. Uh, why oh, okay. isn't your tagline Eureka? Displacing the myths of science or something to that effect. God. So that's quite clever. That's really good. Um the only thing that I don't like about it is we're not a myth busting show. I don't I don't think that's what we do.
0: I mean, I think you're ruling him out on a technicality in some ways, yeah. There, but his but concept so- is very something good.
1: something in displacing, you know. Yeah. Displacing the scientific bullshit. Well, I don't know, I don't know, like
0: displacing yeah. the ignorance displacing the ignorance
1: maybe maybe yeah. maybe displacing I like the I like it I like it what he's done there. yeah well he's, he, he then goes on to say more importantly can you please do an episode on the question are we living in a simulation anyway love and kisses your number one or thereabouts fan Tim um, yes I think we probably can do a simulation episode. The problem with that episode will be we have spent quite a lot of time <laughs> talking about it in the past, and so it will be a very long episode oh. where we both just spout loads of stuff that we know At about. each other, it. because we disagree yeah. fundamentally yeah, about yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But maybe that's a good episode. So yeah, we'll, we'll look into that for you, Tim, um, particularly as you came up with what is a half-decent tagline. Certainly more decent than most of the crap we've come up with so far. Um,
0: what are we What are we talking about this week? Oh, sadly, um, Tim didn't ask about, uh, can we cover nuclear fusion? Because that's what we're going to do this week.
1: Yeah. I mean... I feel we've been resisting doing that for a so while. So, exec exactly Luke. We were say about? Yeah, it. yeah. I
0: mean, th- there is <laughs> partly that. So I, I avoid this subject in some ways, because uh because i have quite strong feelings about it i feel like it's overcovered in some ways yeah. uncritically uh exactly exec- you,
1: you don't trust any of them
0: i don't trust any <laughs> of the experts <laughs> at all I, you know th- there's a few of them now i'm starting to think okay you know you're you're you sound plausible and reasonable and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take what you say but loads of people who work in this field i'd like take it with a huge pinch of salt but well, yeah
1: because they're 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 on the
0: the promo track. They're on basically. the make. They're, they're aren't pushing they? something. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, Absolutely on the make. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Luke's exec producer Luke's been banging on about doing this for a long time. Mm. I actually turned down writing a thing for New Scientist about it, like they wanted oh, me to do. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted me to do a feature, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. But I'm finally giving in, partly because um, I read like this week that Germany's just shut all its nuclear reactors, which actually has a bearing on future. Fission reactors. Oh, it's fission reactors. Yeah. Um, and uh, the so there's Chinese... no fusion reactors to shut <laughs> no, yeah. no, and won't be for a very long yeah. time mm-hmm. um, and uh, China's just done a big sort of fusion experiment and, and got quite a big sort of record uh, or so they claim mm. obviously you know you can never quite be sure about uh, what's going on uh, so I just thought maybe I should just give in stop fighting it and just you know we, uh, take a look we,
1: who've we got as our expert this week?
0: well you've got me <laughs>
1: Because I don't of, trust anyone else. Of course we have. So I mean, the uh, there have been various. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the British government has said some amazing,
0: ridiculous things. I things. mean, um, Boris Johnson in particular. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: And. Uh, Jeremy Hunt, I think recently, recently as well, has been talking about how how we're going to make tons of money, yeah. in the UK out of out of fusion. Um, and he, he kept, uh, was it was it Jeremy Hunt. Someone was talking about yeah, so just infinite clean energy. Yeah, yeah, like, well, that, uh, yeah, That sounds good. Just just
0: we got that. Have we open the top, pour in this <laughs> snake oil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> snake oil burns forever. Um, <laughs>
1: um, the 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 sort of the nub of this is whether, (laughs) literally, can we do it? And there have definitely been reports, I feel like more regularly, about people doing stuff with their tokamak reactors where finally they're getting out marginally more energy than they're putting in. Which is sort of, or are they? Or are they? Or I, are they? I, really, I this is why I think it's good that we do this episode because I knew you'd be saying, "Or are they?" Yeah,
0: yeah. So because I mean, that's
1: the holy grail. If you can do that, then you're like, right. Yeah, there's a lot to right unpack
0: in some of the claims that have been made, and and of course, you know, you you get them in the newspapers and they're just like they're just written as headlines. It's like, oh, the amazing, we've we've done it sort well, of yeah, thing. Press releases. But actually, when yeah. you dig under the surface, that's when it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. Two, one. This is the record-breaking reaction. It is more than 150 million degrees centigrade. Ten times hotter than the heart of the sun.
1: Nuclear fusion could meet all of our energy needs using nothing more than the hydrogen atoms found in seawater. Squeeze together two hydrogen atoms at a high enough temperature and pressure, they fuse together and release vast amounts of energy. This is the process that powers the sun, Scientists have been trying to replicate it on Earth for decades, and although it has proved extremely difficult, we've been making some progress. In fact, in recent years, several high-profile announcements have got everyone excited and caused a rush of money into the fusion field.
0: So today we tell the world that America has achieved a tremendous scientific breakthrough, one that happened because we invested in our national labs and we invested in fundamental research. And tomorrow, we'll continue to work toward a future that is powered in part by fusion energy.
1: Fusion has the potential for abundant clean energy. The trouble is, some say that nuclear fusion is a pipe dream and that money would be better spent on things like renewable energy research and other ways to fight climate change. So who's right? That's why this week we're asking: Will we ever use nuclear fusion power? All
0: right. Well, let's go right back to basics. Then uh, it happens in the sun. What's going on up there? So it happens in the sun. You've got hydrogen, normal hydrogen atoms. Uh, they're there. It's like 15 million kelvin, so 15 million degrees. Roughly. It's hot. It's really hot in the core of the sun. Uh, the pressure's massive, like 200 billion times. Greater than atmospheric pressure on Earth, mm-hmm. and so what happens is those hydrogen atoms get pushed together, and uh, they get to the point that they're pushed together so hard, so close, Demet- that they fuse together, creating like, basically helium. helium. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and so so you got this sort of you know massive reactor in the sky that's making helium but also releasing vast amounts of energy from, um, from, from that reaction, from that fusion reaction. So every fusion of two hydrogen atoms mm-hmm. creates basically the, enough energy to keep a 60-watt light bulb shining for 100 years, roughly speaking. Right. So, okay. so there's plenty of energy from just two atoms fusing together. So,
1: so all we need to do is recreate that on Earth,
0: Yes. I mean, you know, people have yeah. said this since the nineteen fifties. It's yeah. obvious in a way. So obviously, you know, we can't create five hundred times, you know, the five hundred million times the atmospheric pressure. We can't we can actually create higher temperatures, temperatures we can than the right? core of the sun. Mm-hmm. So we can do that. But so without the pressure, you have to up the temperature to about hundred million degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so but you can do that, mm-hmm. right? And and that's sort of basically is enough if we use special forms of hydrogen. So we can't just use normal hydrogen. We have to use hydrogen with extra neutrons. So one extra neutron makes it deuterium, which is found in seawater. Yeah. And two extra neutrons makes it tritium, mm-hmm. which is not found very often anywhere. Yeah. But you know, it, the basic best way to do this fusion thing is to do deuterium and tritium fuse together. Um, get your temperatures right up. Because they're easier to fuse. They're, they're basically, basically easier yeah, to yeah. fuse yeah. Than, than just de- deuterium and deuterium. And what you do, and, and we've sort of been working on this for a long, long time, is is you have to hold the fuel sort of uh, and heat it up to the point where it's, a, you know, it's like you know, a hundred million degrees. Using various sort of things, and like microwaves and beams of neutral ions, and you can heat it up, and then it it fuses. Fact, it the and image you... of microwaves is funny, by the way. I
1: know what you mean. I'm <laughs> yeah, picturing it goes something ding! else. Yeah, the <laughs> <Your> fuses ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: if only. So, so you create this thing called a plasma, which is a hot ionized gas, and and it's it's charged so it's you can hold it in magnetic fields so you create these massive super strong magnetic fields hold the plasma in place and then the fusion reactions can just keep going on and on in theory because there's nothing
1: there's not like a material that we have that can contain it that's why you have to use it has to be something that's kept
0: away from the sides of the container basically because that just destroys the plasma and destroys the fusion reaction so so what you have to do is contain this plasma somehow and that's you know sort of doable that's what these you know big reactors the tokamak reactors which are like a donut shape yeah. do and you use these strong magnetic fields to do it and we started to be able to do that and and the recent chinese advance i think they held the the the, the reaction like going on minutes, for thir- no, 30 seconds i think oh uh, no. or was it no. 7 minutes i thought it was 7 minutes 7 I minutes that's right yeah, yeah 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 which is so, pretty good going so that's pretty good going if it's true <laughs> <laughs> and um, so so you know so that's sort of sort of fine basically we've got the theory and we've got the basic practice of it and we and know where to get the well we can get deuterium from seawater yeah one, in, one in every 5,000 hydrogen atoms in seawater is deuterium Great. so you just sort of separate it out that's yeah, fine, fine no problem at all um, and and uh, a gallon of seawater gives you about 300 ga- gallons of gasoline worth of of energy so you know so there's yeah, 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 yeah. plenty, so plenty it, it, in seawater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tritium is much more difficult. So tritium is um, basically really rare. Mm. Uh, it's produced in nuclear reactions. Uh, so uh, the levels in the atmosphere
1: we peak, can't manufacture. It peaked it. in
0: the 1960s. We can, but we basically have to use a nuclear reactor to manufacture yeah, okay. it. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, and they're all shutting down now. So, so this is part of the problem. Is that. It it just it only has a half life of twelve point three years, so it's radioactive. So every twelve years, half of it is gone. Yeah, so, okay, so you have okay. to keep so sort you, of you know yeah, making yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, So the the estimates are there's about twenty kilos of tritium on Earth right now. And tritium at the back
1: of the fridge. You're like, oh, fuck it, <laughs> that's gone, that's off.
0: <laughs> it's thirty thousand dollars a gram. Okay, uh, I
1: don't really that that. I, I, I've got no frame of I don't know if that's expensive well I mean, if, working like fusion how much would... working
0: fusion reactors will need about 200 kilograms a year so it's
1: yeah uh, yeah I mean okay, okay but even that I'm like but how much energy is that producing I mean
0: oh it's doing it, yeah, well in, in some ways' it's, it, it's doing all right so yeah. so but the problem is we just don't have it really and you make it and you have you have to make it in nuclear reactors at the moment. Uh, the idea is eventually that the fusion reactors will make their own tritium, but, but at the moment we don't have it. But yes, so we can sort of, you know, we can see, like, you know, we've got the basics of how to yeah, do it. Yeah, so
1: we, we in principle, we know how to do it. Yeah. We know we can get some of the fuel from, from seawater. Yeah. It kind of feels like we should be... On, on top of this. It,
0: it sounds like it, shouldn't it? Yeah. It's just sort of like, oh, it's just an engineering problem. Yeah, yeah. Effectively. So yeah. we want to make a big, big tokamak mm-hmm. because also there's economies of scale here because in order to fire up the, the magnetic field, for instance, the superconducting magnets that you need for all that, that takes electricity and energy so you've got uh, this sort of problem with um, you know, just having to, to power the thing before you get any power out of it. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it quite big so that you get more power out than you're, than you're putting in. That's the idea. Uh, so, so the big sort of experimental idea at the moment is to build a huge uh, reactor in the south of France called ITER, the International <laughs> Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor. Yeah. And the seven countries, sort of, well, well, it's not countries because the EU is one of them, the China, EU, India, Japan, Russia, South Korea, and the US, all sort of banding together to create this thing just north of Marseille. Uh, and they're building this enormous, you know, um, tokamak that will then basically become, you know, the, the proof of principle that this is all going to work. Mm. The problem is in the details. So, so, like, nobody knows how much this thing is actually costing. Right literally literally it's a project without a price tag because nobody's willing, because it's, it's sort of done so that everyone keeps their own accounts all the seven different...
1: And presumably it's probably a bit embarrassing, going, how much have you spent on this? Yeah, not nothing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so people are trying to make the estimate. So so the EU, because everyone's doing a little extra bit of it themselves, mm. and commissioning in-country, like, their firms to do the, the bit, there's no, no proper central accounting or anything. But it, it started out, so when I first reported on this in 2009, it was... Uh, about 10 billion euros they were saying it's gonna cost. Mm. Okay, you sounds, think, well, fair enough, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, unfortunately, it, um, it in 2017, the EU said, no, this is about 41 billion. Mm. And then the following year, the US said, actually the cost, you know, if we work it out, it's about 60 billion. So it's just going up and up and up. It's
1: got real HS2 vibes.
0: <laughs> it, re- it really has. I mean, it's a classic sort of mega engineering thing, isn't it? So um, people have basically stopped trying to work out how much it's going to cost <laughs> because because yeah. they've got other, other issues with it. So it's way behind schedule, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's not actually meant to sort of do anything useful until 2035 anyway. Mm. So they're sort of saying, oh, well, 2035, we'll switch it on. We'll have tritium and deuterium in it, and then we'll not, see what it not does. Not
1: a bet I would want to take. No, me neither, me
0: neither, especially since the French Nuclear Safety Authority have just shut it down, (laughs) because (laughs) they said, like, I mean, the the vacuum vessel for these these Tokamaks, you know, they're like 17 metres tall, and uh, they're like six or seven metres wide. And you have to fit them together to a fraction of a millimeter, and there's all kinds of issues because they're being made in different places. Right, and and nobody's demonstrated that basically they have the right, you know, tolerance and machining, and and they've also said that the welding is not like to nuclear standards yet, or you're not showing us that that you can actually weld these things properly yet. So the French authorities are just like, you're not doing this here while you're doing such a shoddy job, and that's you know, so that's sort of putting it behind schedule again. Um, so, so basically, we don't know if we can actually build the thing. Um, and then the sort of um, there's a huge problem with worker dissatisfaction now because the pressures are so high on the engineers building this kind of thing, and and they're supposed to be producing Literally, because they're in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're, they're just they're trying to sort of you know build this thing to these specifications within a certain timeline. The managers are you know are making their lives hell. And uh, in May 21, um, one of the engineers um, killed himself. And he his, his note that he left said, I can't, you know, I've just been a scapegoat for all these ridiculous expectations. And all the other workers are basically, you know, then sort of, said that the report into this didn't go anywhere deep enough and they sort of down tools for a while. So you've got all these sort of issues and they're sort of saying, right, we're gonna to have to do psychological counselling for all the all the engineers who are working on this thing. Mm. It doesn't smell good, basically. It's a complete shit show. It's it's a complete shit show. Uh, one of the safety or a couple of the safety people have left. So so the thing about the walls of ETA is it, it's all supposed to be covered in beryllium mm-hmm. to absorb what are massively high energy neutrons given out by the the thermonuclear yeah, reaction, yeah. the fusion reaction? Mm-hmm. Uh, the beryllium walls sort of absorb these neutrons. Otherwise, you, you basically build this thing, and the neutrons destroy it as soon as you turn it on. Yeah, because there's you know there's, there's a massive amount of energy being mm-hmm. released, mm-hmm. and eighty percent of that energy is in the neutrons that are just firing out of the thing. Yeah, so you so you coat it with beryllium, but beryllium is is problematic in that if you're in contact with it, if you breathe it in or whatever, it gives you lung diseases. Uh, so there's the safety protocols, which ETA have basically tried to cut away at, because it costs a lot of money. Mm. And so the people in charge of the safety protocols have just down tools and left and said, you know, we're not working here anymore. Um, and, uh, and so there's just this sort of catalogue of, of problems when you actually try and build something on this scale. Mm. And let's remember, this thing isn't going to produce electricity. This is just like the demonstration yeah, thing. is proof of concept. Proof of it? concept that yeah. all these countries will then take away everything they've learned and go and build and their own, build own.
1: own Yeah, 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 yeah. Which in theory would be easier if it's just one country doing it on their own rather than this mad sort of mishmash
0: collaboration. Well, you've got this th- problem that's happened. Obviously the pandemic slowed everything down. Mm. And then it turns out there aren't enough ships to sort of just transport the stuff around the world. So it's so it's all being delayed in terms of there's no transport. And the transport of course now is hugely expensive because it's in in demand. Mm. So the costs are just going up and and you know and so everybody's blaming everybody else for not delivering on their part of the project. So but- so ETA is a is a is basically a colossal clusterfuck
1: yeah 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 but it's not it's not the only game in town is it Eta? so no there's a lot of private firms getting involved now there's lots of chat of like mini reactors mini fusion reactors um you know various national efforts as well
0: yeah yeah so the, there is a lot going on and and all of it is sort of impressive engineering on its own so so you have things like the joint european Torus in oxford the UK sort of effort, which set a new uh, global fusion record in 2021, uh, produced 59 megajoules of energy in a reaction that lasted five seconds. So, um, yeah, uh, so, okay. which is good, yeah. you know, because it's better, yep. you know, it's better yep. than we'd done before. Yeah, uh, in in South Korea last year, um, you had a, a 30 second fusion reaction. So that was that was good. Uh, th- these aren't necessarily producing more energy out. Than in, Are by the way, no. I I thought that had been done though.
1: In uh, the is it the Livermore Lab? Yeah, the National Ignition yeah.
0: Facility. So this is the thing that got Luke really excited, and then uh-huh. sort of said, oh you know because there were like, headlines all over the world in this, yeah, and they made massive claims for it. So this is the National Ignition Facility. They've been trying for decades, basically, to put together. It, uh, and they don't use a, a, a tokamak so that they actually have the fuel sort of contained in a place and they just fire 192 lasers at it. And so that you get this incredible sort of, you know, heating and, and yeah. compression. And, um, and, and they had an announcement, I think of December last year, uh, the uh, Department of Energy in the US said this is a major scientific breakthrough, decades in the making that will pave the way for advancements in national defence and the future of clean power. And the Senate majority leader said, this astonishing scientific advance puts us on the precipice of a future no longer reliant on fossil fuels, but instead powered by new clean fusion energy. Mm. And they said this because basically they were told we got more energy out than we put in.
1: It's bo- it's bombastic stuff, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's mm. big. So so they actually got out 3.15 megajoules of energy. Do mm-hmm. you know how much that is? is it? It's not very much. If you it? had a bit of kindling and yeah. burnt it, that's what you'd get.
1: Yeah, So, and, and how much are they putting in?
0: Well, they said the lasers... What actually went into the fuel was 2.1 megajoules, so less than they got out. But what they didn't say was it probably took about 400 megajoules to fire up the lasers and get them going. Oh, so, so right, that, okay, so that, okay, okay. So the, the incident energy on the pellet of fuel... Is was less than the Yeah, so, than so you there, got is, out. there is a
1: net output. but you, but to but get you to basically, that point, you've had to yeah, you yeah, had okay. to fire up
0: 192 is, layers. Is
1: the argument though that that is a fixed like a fixed cost, if you like? So you put you you fire them up, and that takes a load of energy. Then if you can get it to run for longer, then you will. Yeah, to so a point where, that
0: ran for a fraction of a second, right? Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna create a, a power plant from this, and the National Ignition Facility is not ever designed to be a power plant no, no, or anything no, no. so it takes them a few hours to cool down the lasers so they can fire them again so you can't just like keep repeating this whole thing you've got, you, 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 you can't just run got, no it can't just keep running you it's hours um and you know you need to be running it sort of 60 times a minute if you're going to actually run a, a sort of power yeah, yeah yeah thing so 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 this is not a route to anything basically mm. it's a proof of principle that you can you know put Sort of
1: we, yeah, but a, a sort of proof of principle that we already know is true. Like, yes, it, like <laughs> yeah. in in theory, of course, we can do this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you know, forgive my skepticism, but I'm just trying to give you it. some some context on on all of this sort of you know breathless excitement about the whole thing.
1: All right, should we should we take a, a break and let you calm down slightly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll talk about why billions are being poured into fusion. What those investors maybe haven't thought about. Uh, And of course, uh, we'll try and answer this week's question, will we ever use nuclear fusion power? And we're back. So what what have we actually achieved so far
0: with, with fusion then? So we have um, some reactions where we're definitely getting fusion ignition yeah, that's happening. So the process is happening. The process is happening, controlled
1: by us, directed by us. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so so we, you know we've sort of shown proof of principle. And you've got things like First Light Fusion, which is another Oxford company, because a, a lot of this is sort of um, focused around Oxford. And First Light actually spun out of Oxford University, mm-hmm. and they've shown that they can create uh, fusion in a system that, unlike the National Ignition Facility in the US, you could, in principle, turn it into a a power, into a power plant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so they um, they have this sort of basically they fire a massive, uh, oh, sorry, a very small tungsten pellet into their de- uh, deuterium tritium fuel, and and causes fusion. And they've seen like the neutrons flying out, and everyone agrees that you know definitely you got fusion going on there. Um, it's not more energy out than in in their process yet, but they say you know this is a kind of way we could get this gun firing you know regularly really quickly uh, yeah. we don't need to like spend ages cooling it down again and 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 then you know so so we can turn this into a into a into a power source and um and, and there's a the commonwealth fusion systems in, in the US i think spun out of MIT uh, which has just raised like 1.8 billion dollars recently so a lot of money mm. and in about i think it's the last year like 3 billion dollars have gone into fusion around the world so a lot of money People, you know, people are really sort of positive it about. It It does feel
1: like there's a kind of momentum behind it at the moment. I don't yeah. really remember.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. But what what we have is, you know, is we had sort of momentum around it. Probably like when jet turned on in Oxford. First of all, it's like, oh, we've got fusion reactor mm-hmm. in the making, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot to do. So lots lots of the kind of, you know, so like the first light system, for instance. There's, they're like, great, we could, you know, we've got neutrons flying out, we've got fusion going on. It's still more energy going in than, than coming, coming out, out, but but we'll work on that. And they're sort of saying, you know, we can yes, work d- on this. Do work on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Commonwealth fusion systems say we're going to be producing electricity in 2030. They, they say, you know, we're, we're just sort of you know, less than seven years away, effectively, but they don't say it will be commercially valuable or anything. And, mm. and First Light in Oxford now, they have to build a power plant around their thing. And building a power plant around it means, basically, you've got to have a way to turn all that fusion energy into something that drives a turbine so like the sort of outside of it is like a normal sort of yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. a nuclear plant or a yeah. coal plant or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. is you create a load of steam to drive a turbine yeah. and and they say they can do this by blanketing the whole thing in a sort of coat of liquid lithium which is sort of flowing and it absorbs all the um absorbs all the neutrons absorbs all the heat and the, all the energy and that gets transferred to a steam bath which then drives a turbine but they they haven't Built this yet, right? I mean, and they say, "Oh, you know, this is all sort of known technology." But actually, it's not known technology in terms of fusion uh, and and the sort of hostile environment that you've Mm, created. mm. You know, you've got you've got hundred million degrees. You've got neutrons flying around. You know, the incredibly high energy that if you build out of normal materials, they'll just fall apart. Mm. So, so you know, there are sort of issues uh, with turning this into a kind of working fusion reactor.
1: Okay, so. Nevertheless, as discussed, there is a lot of investment going in at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Is there any reason to be optimistic?
0: <laughs> it's ongoing. So so interestingly, like when you talk to the experts, what they or what the experts will tell you, who've been in this industry a long time, mm-hmm. they'll say they don't really understand why these private investments are happening you know, they don't understand what...
1: What the trigger has been. What the trigger the, has been because they're interest. saying,
0: mm-hmm. you know, all these private firms, they haven't got some secret materials program going on where they've solved all the problems about how you build a reactor around these things. You know, you're, I mean, ITER itself has huge problems with the materials and the, the surround for its, its tokamak. Um, and, and that's just a basic sort of physics thing in that, you know, these... Highly energetic neutrons are coming out and destroying everything.
1: Yeah, and you've got to do something about that. And
0: you've got to do something about that. Mm. So, so, you know, the basic guys and the ETA guys are saying, this is a long-term problem to solve the sort of materials issues. So actually, you know, creating the fusion ignition things is kind of interesting and exciting, but it, it doesn't mean we're going to have commercial fusion power. So, um, so the figures I've seen from industry sort of insiders... Uh, there's a guy who, who's like part of the European government consortium for you know for fusion he basically says, yeah it looks like the twenty sixties will will- possibly have a commercial fusion power twenty sixties yeah okay so forty years yeah i mean that's not
1: doesn't seem as unrealistic i mean the classic thing is it's always it's always been, forty
0: years away it, right
1: yeah well no it's i think it's always been is it not sort of always
0: 20 years away. No, it? if no, no it's 40, always either been 40, 30 or 40. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're still we in just that just keep phase. on pushing it back. So in the meantime, you know, lots of people like Greenpeace are saying, you know, why is all this investment going into this when we could be investing in, you know, batteries and renewables and, and solving climate change? Well,
1: I mean, yes, but if you do crack it, and I appreciate it as a big if, it's a game changer. It is like the, the biggest. But how
0: changer. long do you keep going with these sort of attempts to do it? <sighs> Probably until you until you crack it. I th- I, th- I think is that how because things it was, work.
1: Well, I don't. I mean, I well, suppose and, if, until it's investors get, yeah, if it's private investment, yeah, if it's private investment, yeah, it depends how long they're prepared to to wait, really, doesn't it? And yeah. who knows? I mean, I don't think they're massively patient, but in terms of the 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 effect it could have. There's nothing. There's not a more significant game in in town, is there?
0: No, no. But there is a problem now with like these nuclear reactors closing down and the lack of tritium because yeah, because right. we cannot do it without tritium. So so you can do it with deuterium deuterium reactions, but it's like eighty percent less efficient mm. and and requires higher temperatures. So, so we need to have that tritium, and, and it's just not there. Also, all of these things need loads of lithium to absorb the heat, and there's a, there's a massive lithium shortage already. Yeah, because of batteries. Yeah. Mm. So, so at uh, uh, the very worst, the escalating cost of lithium and the lack and the lack of lithium in the world is going to be a, a bit of a problem to these these guys. You know, they're not going to be at the front of the queue.
1: No. So, so our so our issues are tritium. Really hard to get hold of.
0: Yeah. Uh, also very poisonous if you release it into the environment. Okay. I which, mean, which you would end up doing. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Because no because it's if, in the cooling waters and uh, everything. No it, way. It, contain no, it. Okay. No. Fine. Um, in fact, yeah. the the US has, has drastically curtailed its production of tritium from its nuclear reactors because of environmental contamination that's going on.
1: Have we spoken about that before? We might well have. Maybe. Done. I think yeah. we have. Yeah. yeah. Um So so okay. So that that's tritium is one issue. Yeah. Availability of lithium. Yes. Is another. Uh, the, these <laughs> fucking neutrons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they are like, you got, yeah. got to
0: do something. I mean, them. ironically, the sun um, doesn't have this problem. Y- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it <laughs> just
0: uses normal hydrogen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the sun is just a better version of...
0: Yeah. yeah. Effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, although we the, could use the, the nuclear so... fusion of the sun to drive... Uh, like, if we could capture sunlight and turn that into electricity, how would you do that? Oh, that's a great idea. Because then you've got a fusion reactor that's sort of working really quite well, and you're using a, and a means of, of and a means, yeah, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. What an amazing thought! Yeah. Should be doing that. Yeah, somebody should patent that. Let's get on it. Yeah,
1: I don't. No one's thought of that before. <laughs> we have. Well I've done? And us. then
0: you've got the parasitic power drain. So, so the to power all of this stuff up takes a load of energy. Like, oh right, yeah, to, okay. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to yeah. keep running, it takes a load of energy. So, I think it's. I think the figures are like twenty percent of the energy you produce are just going to run the whole system.
1: But that, in fairness... Which is
0: fine, except when it's matter. not working, and yeah, you've it, still got to buy in electricity from elsewhere.
1: Right. If it's working, that's completely fine.
0: Yeah, except the cause cause economics, you're of, in the, the economics in the, of scale. sort mm,
1: of. Well, yeah, but as long as you've got some net output, you're okay, aren't you?
0: You need to have quite a high net output. I mean, people have worked out the figures, but you, okay. you can't operate like small fusion reactors... And make money or, okay, or sell electricity okay, 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 you you okay. have to have a certain side right, of these okay. things but yeah
1: um what do well, I, I yeah i one hundred percent know your position on this because <laughs> you've uh, you've spoken to me about it a great deal um you you're very skeptical. what are industry experts saying? do you trust any of them? are there any industry experts who don't have skin in this?
0: So, yes, in some ways. So so there's um, there's a guy called Steve Cowley, who I'm sure you we've come across oh, in the yeah, past, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is now working in the States, I think, at Princeton. And he's like, well, you know, this is all fine, and all this sort of private investment is fine, but you still have really fundamental problems to solve, and it's going to take us a long time. And he's been in the game, like, you know, probably 40 years. In fact, probably 40 years ago, he said, I think we'll have solved this in 40 years. And he's still saying pretty much the same thing. Um, And this guy uh, at Eurofusion, so this is a group of sort of national fusion labs, so so the government, so they're not sort of, you know, partisan in some ways. He's called Tony Donne, and he says, he's the one who says it'll be the 2060s before we've got any appreciable amount of electricity coming out of a fusion reactor. So he, I mean, he's basically saying next, next, you know, another generation is required. Yeah. And and let's remember, ITER is going to start even just experimentally, sort of demonstrating in proof of principle in 35. 2035. That's mm. you know 12 years from now. Yeah, and, and probably won't happen. And probably won't happen in 2035. So, so and then you've got to go away and turn that into a reactor. So, so all the lessons we've learned from ITER will probably take at least 20 years, really, to to be. So yeah, 20. How much of
1: this do you think the British government are aware of? <laughs> It's really... I'd love to... I don't think this would be possible. I'd love to just send this episode to the key figures and just say, have a quick listen, and then maybe modify some of the stuff Um, that you say.
0: Yeah, and when you say this kind of thing, everyone's like, oh, you know, why are you being so negative about it? You know, that's like saying, oh, SpaceX can't do space because NASA hasn't done it. But NASA did put, like, 40 years in and and people going to the moon and everything else. You know, Mm -hmm. NASA's got a lot of practical experience. Well, to be
1: fair, Elon Musk just managed to
0: blow up another... Uh, rocket. Yeah, and yeah. hailed <laughs> as a minutes. great success.
1: Huge success.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so um, you know, people sort of say, oh, you know, you're just being negative about it. Why can't you be more positive? Why, you know, you, we've mm. got to have that sort of adventurous spirit that says we can do this. But people have had that adventurous spirit since the 1950s. Yeah, there's no there's no
1: dearth of that. Like, people want to do it. People yeah. are trying really hard. It's really and hard And they've to got do. loads of money now to do it. Yeah. But it's still not very close
0: I think I'd have a self-driving car before I was getting my house powered by nuclear fusion that's a good one
1: I what do I I. Uh, no I don't think so. Don't so I don't think you'll ever have a self-driving car I think even if we do have self-driving cars only you'll own one true I don't think that'll be true. The, sort of the model for transport by then
0: yeah but it's, it would
1: but be that's it's kind close, of what though. I'm
0: saying yeah
1: okay yeah you'll you'll never have either
0: yeah I'll be dead
1: Oh, yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you've got a long life expectancy. <laughs> Eureka is a Stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore, and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys, so if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us as always on Twitter at EurekaPod.
0: Eureka is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.